We've come to Lord's Day 50 at the Heidelberg Catechism. Let's read that. Where we confess the following. What is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread. That is, provide us with all our bodily needs so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good and that all that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. After the sermon, we'll respond with the words of hymn 63, stanzas 1 and 5. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, have you ever wondered if it really makes sense to pray this prayer every day? Give us this day our daily bread. When you come home from a hard day's work and supper's already on the table, does it make sense to pray this petition? And what about mom? who was busy preparing this meal and did all this work, put all this effort into it, does it make sense for her to sit down and first pray this petition? You would almost think that this is a prayer meant for someone who's starving, someone who's homeless, perhaps. But should we pray this prayer? Well... I'm sure you all know the answer. Of course we should, because the Lord Jesus taught us to do so. And so let's submit ourselves to his word and listen to what this petition means, what the Lord is trying to teach us with this petition. I've summarized it as follows. The child of God prays for daily bread, and the child of God does this thankfully in service to God and in service to the neighbor. It's clear from Scripture that even those people who have it made must pray for their daily bread. That's very clear from Deuteronomy chapter 8, which we read together. Whoever forgets about the Lord when it comes to eating and drinking will simply not survive. That's what we learned from that chapter. Just think of all the heathen nations who lived in Canaan before God gave that land to the Israelites. Right? They were all destroyed. They, they, they didn't think about God. They bowed their knees to Baal and to Ashtoreth, and they were destroyed. And so Moses warns the people, when you enter the land of Canaan, once you enter the promised land, and you have everything that your heart desires, be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God. When you're living in that land that's flowing with milk and honey, don't forget the Lord. Acknowledge him as the giver of all good things. After, Lord, after all, the Lord gave you these cities that you did not build and vineyards that you did not plant. And he tells them, it's not through your own strength that you did this. And that's true for us too. It's not our own strength, our own resourcefulness. It's not the power of modern technology. It's not because of your goodness, good business sense that you can eat your sandwich every day. No, food comes from the hand of God. That is what we are confessing in the fourth petition. It is the Lord 
who gives us strength to earn our daily bread. He takes care that we regularly receive food. He gives us what we need to do our work. Without the Lord, we can do nothing. Just think of when the disciples were were fishing one time. They were fishing all night and they didn't catch anything. It wasn't until the Lord Jesus blessed their work that suddenly their net was full of fish. Think of what we confess in the Psalms. Psalm 147. The Father, Father, you are the one who gives rain. The Lord gives rain on the earth. Or Psalm 104. The Lord guides things in such a way that we all have bread on our plate. Or Psalm 145. You open your hand in gracious giving. The Lord certainly allows us and calls us to work for our daily bread. But he is also fully capable of just giving it to us. He proved that to his people in the Old Testament in the wilderness by giving them manna in the wilderness and water from the rock. And the Lord wants us to acknowledge that that he is capable of doing that. He is the giver of all good things. That's what he wanted to teach Israel as they traveled through the wilderness. He took them on this long, dry, thirsty journey to teach them to trust him, to teach them to be humble. He took them on this journey to test them, we read in Deuteronomy 8. You see, it's because the Lord wants to know what lives in their hearts. He wanted to know that they loved him and trusted him. And how how could they show this? Well, they could show their love and trust by obeying his commandments. Especially, this comes to mind with God's commandments concerning how they should collect manna. You can read about that in Exodus chapter 16. They were instructed to collect manna every day, just enough for their their family for that day. No more and no less. Why? Because they had to trust that the Lord would provide again for them the next day. They had to live in the confidence that tomorrow God will give us what we need too. So we don't have to worry about tomorrow. God will take care of it that we have food and drink. Tomorrow also he will open his hands in gracious giving. So we understand then that the fourth petition is is a prayer of confession, a prayer of trust, a prayer of dependence upon the Lord. With this petition then, the child of God thankfully acknowledges that he is the one who gives food and drink. That's what we're confessing here. Even If, according to the standards of this world, you've got it made and you have everything that you need, even if you have an abundance of food and drink and everything else and many things that you don't even need, we confess that we are dependent on him for life and breath and everything else, and we thank him for his good gifts. And that's so essential in our relationship with the Lord that we live thankfully, The Lord warns Israel, and consequently us as well, that unthankfulness results in God's wrath. When we're not thankful for the food and drink that we are receiving, we're we're ignoring God. We're ignoring and forgetting that he is the God who gives all these things. And the result is God's judgment and anger. That comes out in the end of that chapter too. When people don't acknowledge the Lord, he's not going to let them get away with it. He can let people starve from hunger. But he can also let people die from gluttony. 
And you might wonder about that statement, but, but think about the Israelites who complained that God was letting them starve in the wilderness. They didn't trust him enough to collect manna the way they were supposed to. Some collected too much, and the manna went bad, and others didn't collect enough for the Sabbath day, and then they went hungry. And when they complained about the lack of meat, what did God do? He sent them quail, so much quail that they gorged themselves on the meat, and many of them died. That can be the result if you don't acknowledge the Lord as the one who takes care of your daily bread, the one who provides. And today, too, there are many people in the world who are starving, but they don't call upon God for help. And in other parts of the world, like ours, there is a great abundance of food. People have more than enough, and they don't thank God for it. We live in a country in which you can literally eat yourself sick. And many people do it too. Some even die as a result of having it too good, you could say. And as Christians, we must avoid both of these sins. We must thank God for the daily food that he gives us, but also ask him to provide the daily food that we need. And we have to accept our daily bread and his provisions in prayer and thankfulness. We have to acknowledge that God is the one who gives all these things to us. It's the Lord who gives rain and sunshine. He gives us the ability to do our work. He gives us health and strength. He provides us with jobs, with financial stability, etc., etc. And if we cannot, if we can't help ourselves, he gives us a church community to help us in time of need. You see, receiving our daily bread, that's not just an automatic thing. And so we must learn to trust the Lord and trust him every day for our daily ration. We trust that the Lord will be there for us today, but also tomorrow. Just like he was for the Israelites when he gave them manna every day. So he gives us what we need every day. And so when we pray for our daily bread, we must also trust that he will give us what we need. We may, we may count on the Lord to provide, because that's what he promises in his word. And that doesn't mean that we, we should never plan for tomorrow or next week or, or even next year. But, we, but the child of the Lord doesn't spend all his energy on on greedily accumulating a fortune so that he can live the good life. No, the child of God trusts in his heavenly Father. After all, he is able to give us all things and willing also for the sake of his Son. Lord's days 9 and 10. And our Savior willingly suffered hunger in the wilderness and thirst on the cross for our sake. And the Father in heaven who sustained his Son in these circumstances will also supply us with our daily needs. That is simply a matter of his faithfulness to us. And so we don't have to feel bad or guilty about the word give at the beginning of this petition. Give us this day our daily bread. You see, as children of the Heavenly Father... 
thanks to his grace and mercy in Jesus Christ, we have the right to claim our daily bread from God. He wants us to. And when you pray this way and thankfully acknowledge your Heavenly Father as the giver of all good things, then you will receive what you need. When you trust in him, you will receive what you need for body and soul because he wants to provide you with all that you need for this life and the life to come. That brings us to our second point. The thankful child of God is, is not one who just simply accepts his or her daily bread in order to sit back and relax. You see, this request for daily bread is closely tied to our service to God. The child who prays for daily bread knows that he or she stands in service to the Heavenly Father. And that means that we must, in the first place, remain humble before God. We don't just ask for anything that our heart desires, for all kinds of luxuries, but we ask for our daily bread in order that we might serve the Lord, that we might go to work. And the position of this petition makes that clear. In the first three petitions, we've already asked for many things. We ask God to help us to know him. We pray that we would be given grace to honor and, and hallow his name, to glorify his, his, his name with our, with our whole life. We also pray that God would so rule us by his word and spirit that we might be living and active members in his kingdom and in his church. We pray for grace to do his will and to carry out the duties of our office and calling as faithfully as the angels in heaven. And that means that if we're serious about these petitions, we will be very busy people. But then we will also need spiritual and physical strength in order to fulfill this task. And for that, we need our daily bread. To put it differently, we need money. It's pretty much that simple. You need money to buy food. You need money to buy a Bible. You need money to support the church and to support the work of mission and evangelism. In order to serve God in all things, you have to have an income, an employment, your daily bread. And that doesn't have to be a lot, but it can't be any less than that either, can it? But that's also God's intention. He wants us to be content with what he gives us so that we don't have the desire to become rich for its own sake. Listen to what Paul writes to Timothy. If we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So what's Paul saying here? If you have a roof over your head and clothes to wear and food to eat, you must be content. God's word has a different standard than the world, doesn't it? The Lord can certainly give us more than the minimum, but we must learn to be content with whatever situation God places us, as we read from Philippians 4. Paul says, I've learned to be content with much and with little. So what does it mean then to pray according to the fourth petition? We pray for what we need and not just for everything that we want. 
So in this way too, then we submit our desires to God's word. We ask for our daily bread. So we can give our lives and our bodies in service to the Lord. And then when we pray this way, we also learn to tie our eating and our drinking and our needs to God's service and not our own desires. After all, congregation, we are pilgrims in this world. We know we're on, a way, on our way to a better place, right? We pray your kingdom come. So we recognize that we're pilgrims in this world. And a pilgrim doesn't carry everything with him on his journey. You would never finish your pilgrimage if you carried all your stuff with you. Think of the wife of Lot. She couldn't stand the thought of leaving her home behind in Sodom. If you can't leave anything behind, you're going to end up tripping over your baggage and you're going to fall flat on your face. Have you ever asked yourself, what am I willing to leave behind? Am I willing to leave it behind in order to reach the end of my pilgrimage? And think about it too, because in the meantime, Christ promises you all the riches of this world in eternity. So what is it that motivates us? Do you get up early and put in Lots of overtime so you can buy that luxury item that you want so badly? Or do you get up on time so that you can, through prayer and reading from God's word, prepare yourself for the day of service? Now, there's nothing wrong with working a little overtime, for example, to, to have a, be able to afford a nice holiday. But if that's your only goal... I think you can answer that question yourself. How many of us would work overtime just so that we could pay more to the church? Here's another interesting question. Brothers and sisters, the thankful child of God is not motivated by wealth. We are citizens of a kingdom that is not of this world, and we serve an eternal king who can and wants to bless us with eternal glory and riches. And since we are part of that kingdom already now, we ask for our daily bread and service to this king. But that also implies, as we are citizens of this kingdom, that also implies that we don't pray this petition just for ourselves, but also for our neighbor, our last point. You'll notice, of course, that the Lord's Prayer is spoken in the plural. Give us this day our daily bread so we're called to pray as thankful children but also as charitable children we're to be generous and open-handed that means we're not just praying this petition for ourselves but you pray for your family it implies that when you pray you keep in mind the bond that you have with your brothers and sisters in the faith in the church the one who lives on minimum wage Praise this petition together with the one who has much. The rich and the not-so-rich pray together. Together we acknowledge God's care over us. Together we trust that God will provide for us. Together we ask that he will give us our daily bread. 
And when we pray that way, that also prevents us from being jealous or envious of one another. Then you don't look at what you're missing, but you look at what you receive in order to to recognize how, how, how can I be busy in God's kingdom and for my neighbor. And of course, then we recognize too that the more that you have been given, the more responsibility you have. So when you pray the fourth petition, together in communion with God's people, then you can't be stingy either with your brother or sister who has less than you have. God's word instructs us, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Romans 13 or 12 verse 13. We're also commanded, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Hebrews 13 verse 16. And the form for the ordination of elders and deacons puts it this way. In the church, no one should have to live under the pressure of sickness, loneliness, and poverty. So congregation, when the Lord blesses us with plenty, it is, it is an honor. It is an honor for the church to share what it has with those who have little. And that means that the deacon should never have to be stingy. That's a practical outworking of this. It, doesn't, it means that they, they shouldn't just have to help when things are really bad, when circumstances are really bad. And when they give, they should give generously and not just absolutely what is the minimum. It is an honor for the deacons. Let me put it this way. It's an honor for the deacons to make sure that a family in need doesn't just have a slice of bread on their plate, but that they can also put a really thick layer of peanut butter and jam on it too. When we live as thankful children of God, and we're thankful for our daily bread, then it's impossible to be stingy givers. But then we give generously so others may share in our abundance. That's how we pray this petition. Give us this day our daily bread. That is, grant, O Lord, that we don't shut our hearts and keep our hands on our wallets. When we look at our needy brothers and sisters. And give us grace also to be generous with the poor around us, including the ones we can't see, the ones we hear about on the news, or the ones who ask us for charitable donations. Whoever prays the fourth petition as a thankful child of God is also a generous and compassionate child because our God is a generous and compassionate God. We can afford to be generous because he is generous. We give out of love because he first loved us. And so we don't give to be noticed. We don't give to receive thanks. Listen to what the Lord Jesus says in Matthew 6, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. One commentator wrote, God takes most notice of our good works when we take the least notice of them. And God rewards us, not as a master who gives his servants what they earn, 
but he gives abundantly to his thankful children who serve them, who serve him. So, brothers and sisters, young people of the church too, let's, let's live according to this petition. And that can only be done in faith. We can only be thankful children of God in faith. We can only live in service to God and to our neighbor in faith. And that's why it's so important that we continue to pray this petition. We all need it. Amen.